When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily Premier League Update Chelsea hit seven past Grimsby Oxford United give West Ham a tonking and a kid younger than some tins in Phil Hudson's cupboard at home equalising at Old Trafford 28 minutes of stoppage time at Burton versus Bournemouth who says the Carabao Cup is a waste of time not to mention Arsene Wenger getting the rumour mill firmly up and running with suggestions he wouldn't mind having a crack at the Manchester United job. This is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. Subscribe now and never miss a show. I'm Niall McCorn and joining me today in the studio, we've got Adam Brown. Hello, Adam. Hello, mate. And we've got Phil Hudson. Hello, Phil. You're lucky I'm still here after that dig. Uh, well, to be fair, it wasn't written by me, so I'm not going to claim. That was on Twitter last night, but I, I kind of did tinker with it a little bit. It was on Twitter last night about me? No, it wasn't about was you. It, well, it, was, it Norwich, was about someone else. Was it Norwich ch- fans again? It, it, was, it was about someone <laughs> else, but I changed them. it to make it about you so <laughs> that you would have that reaction. So <laughs> So we're off to a good start. Manchester United progressed to the next round of the Carabao Cup, but only after winning on penalties against Rochdale. 1-1 the game finished. Pressure's really mounting on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now, Phil. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm pretty sure there was someone on a podcast yesterday said that he thought Rochdale would bloody their noses. Um, I can't remember who that guy was, but he's very handsome, apparently. Um, <laughs> I didn't know I you think, were on yesterday, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, yeah, thanks, Phil. I think, I think Solskjaer's, well, I mean, he's just miles out of his depth. He was, we, we talked about this last season. He was miles out of his depth when they appointed him, and he's mm. miles out of his depth now. Mm. There's, there's no getting around that. What was his record before he went to Manchester United? He, he'd done all right at Mulder. I, I can't remember who I was hearing talking about this. He should not be anywhere near the Manchester United job. His record, Liverpool have got Klopp. Man City have got Guardiola. And Man United appointed a lad who'd done all right at Mulder in Norway. It's insane. It's absolutely bonkers. And it, what's interesting now is the dynamic around Pochettino and stuff. Mm. Because for Solskjaer now, it really is just a matter of when, not if anymore. I think the matter... Do you know what? point a club legend, I think they should go for Steve Bruce. What, do you want a spot? Solskjaer for Bruce. Would you take that with you? I think that... You know what? It, it, just give him time. Give him a couple of years. I know. I don't think he'll get <laughs> Man City it. fan. Honestly, yeah. As he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep him. <laughs> no, um, I, I do. I do think. I mean, I've got. I'm in a big group chat with a lot of my mates, and uh, I'd say I think there's two of us are City fans, and there's four United fans in there, and all emotions kick off in there every week. Some of them get rid of him. Some of them know it's you know you've got to, you've got to kind of wait and, and see the process. And I mean, look at Liverpool. Like United now are what Liverpool were like you know six seven years ago or even further. You know they had, they had the success. Now they're in a rebuilding phase. You've just got to give the guy time. He's, he needs a few more transfer windows. Liverpool went out and got Jurgen Klopp and created an identity. And he he's gone about building a side that fits the identity he wants yeah, to play. But Solskjaer hasn't got a yeah, clue. But what I'm saying is before Klopp and they had a series of all right, Benitez was you know, he had some success. Yeah, I mean Brendan Rogers only nearly won the league like Yeah, that. yeah, but I'm saying they were always nearly and then before that they were always seven, six, you know, they had they had a, a period of time around that when the Julier kind of era and they were winning trophies here and there. Like United United you know, they won the Europa League, don't forget, in the last couple of seasons. Not played well. I think you just need to if you're going to back someone, go all in. Otherwise, you'll end up with a different manager every two seasons. What's the point? I'm not saying I disagree with you. Back someone to go all in, but don't back Solskjaer. 
That's the problem. You're backing the wrong man. You're backing a guy who... If it was Pochettino, I'd be saying give him five years. Because you know he's going to bring youth players through. He's going to impart a philosophy. He's going to improve players that he signs. Because his track record says he's going to do that. What's Solskjaer's track record? Apart from getting Cardiff relegated. I I know what you're saying. I, I get it. But I just think now... The chop, it's too much chopping and changing and also I think last night it was a bit of an eye-opener as well some of the players that played last night for United alright there are a lot of youth youth players playing but some of them are experienced professionals well we joked about 16 year old Luke Matheson equalising for Rochdale I just want to say what a lovely young man he came across as in his post-match interview spoke really well he's got a psychology test today so he doesn't even get a day off he's going into school to do his psychology exam but if you watch the Rochdale Equaliser and if you've seen it and you're listening to the show, Andreas Pereira he is beaten for pace by Matheson. He's out-muscled by Matheson, out-desired, if there's such a word, by Matheson, who gets to the ball first and rifles it into the roof of the net. Pereira is kind of just stood around looking and I'm thinking, you're playing for Manchester United here and you're being out-muscled and shown up by a 16-year-old kid who's going into school the next day. Yeah who's going to be sat around telling all his mates how he's just equalised at Old Trafford. International players as well, some of them. You know, you think of it, obviously, you know, it wasn't really the keeper's fault, not, not really anything could do. But they had, you know, a good goalkeeper on, Romero, good mm. keeper. They got him through, didn't he? Yeah, Phil Jones, who was playing last night, Rojo. But you know what I mean? They're not great players, but they played international football. They're experienced seasoned professionals, these players. Mm. Does that not tell you that there's a problem with the camp in terms of desire, in terms of how they're set up, that they're, they're just going through the motions and... Because you're absolutely right in what you say. Yes, I laughed when you said Phil Jones, but he is a full international. He's played for England. Rojo's played for Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they're not they're not garbage nations either. They've got proper players playing, and they should have had far too much to turn Rochdale over. Mm. But that tells me that they're not really bothered about putting the putting the hard yards in for Solskjaer at the minute. Is that a Solskjaer thing though, or is it just that they're not good enough? You know, what I mean, if this is you know, if we're talking if Ferguson was there now, would Rojo be a world beater? Would Phil Jones be? I, I just don't think they're good enough players well, now. I think, I think people yeah. have moved on. By the way, I think it's a combination Ferguson of compared that. Phil Jones to Duncan Edwards. Once yeah, so, <laughs> I so think. Don't forget that. Happens. Yeah, even the best make mistakes, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, I think it's a combination of what you say. They're not good enough, and with Sir Alex, there was this aura, there was this legend status where any player coming into the club knew that he had won two, three league titles even before he had got there. So it was kind of like. It's that combined with you can turn an average player into a great one because if he gives you that confidence, even Mourinho, who was poor at United by his standards, had that allure yeah, that about aura. him, didn't he? He had something about him where you go, right, I'm signing yeah. for Manchester United and I'm you know, playing under Mr Motivator, one of the best yeah, yeah. football managers in the last 20 years of, of world football. So, I mean, it's, I mean, Chelsea in the next round as well. And I, I honestly think some of the United youngsters, Greenwood does look good. Um, they've got a couple of players that look decent. Some of them I don't. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not convinced on Chong. I don't think he looks. Uh, when I've seen him, I've seen flashes that he look 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 all right. But they're going to play Chelsea in the next round. If they play their youngsters, their young players are on a different level to United oh. young players. Well, he scored seven uh, against Grimsby last night. Reese James looked absolutely amazing for Chelsea. We'll we'll come on to Chelsea in a sec. But first, Adam, you present the excess Manchester breakfast show with our own Joe McGrath mm, who, big deal. who often yeah he's a big big star <laughs> uh, who often appears uh, on the podcast this is what he had to say in reaction to the game against Rochdale last night have a listen to this penalties it is penalties it is shit 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 your shit your shit sell sell sack sell shit sell sack fuck off all of you is shit 
<laughs> I, rem- I remember my first beer as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think he had even been under the influence there, Joe. He was just that pissed off with how Manchester United had played against Rochdale, which leads me on to this. I don't think Joe's too happy with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So would he consider Arsene Wenger as a replacement for Solskjaer in the hot seat at Old Trafford? And the reason I say that is because Wenger's come out and said to be in sports that he wouldn't mind the Manchester United job effectively. This is his comment. Manchester United is a dream job for any coach. I have confidence. I have courage. I have ideas. He'd get them playing good football. It's a bit more. It's a bit of a. He's making the glad eyes at them there a little bit, isn't he? I, I, I didn't think there was as much in it as that. But um, yeah, I mean, he would get them playing good football. I think. I don't, I don't think he'd solve necessarily the defensive problems. But, uh, <laughs> not, I'm not sure. That... Yeah, he'd bring Pascal Seagon back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but. Oh. He'd, he'd be. I tell you what, he'd have gravitas. He'd have aura. Yeah. He'd, I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure Wenger's the man now to solve what appears to be a pretty rotten dressing room culture. Yeah. But what I would say about Manchester United, and we haven't ever touched on it today. It's from the top down. Mm. It's from the top down mm. that you know they've got a chief exec who, by all accounts, appears to be a little bit out of his depth as well. He's very much a numbers man. He's not really that interested in the football. They're, but I mean, you know, they've got a, a global oil partner and, you know, and so on. And their revenue streams are outstanding and all this. And that's all he's really interested in. Mm. Um, whereas they need a director of football, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But they've been saying this for how long exactly. now? But why are they not doing it? But this I don't, is it. What's, this the, is what, what's stopping it now? So you're talking about an in, a business that's valued in the billions. Mm. You know, it's a worldwide brand. And that they've appointed a figurehead who's woefully unprepared. It would be like. It would be like Apple appointing me to go and, to go to go. <laughs> he's, he's making the glad eyes now, Phil. Apple would be a very good job for anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant uh, company. Um, I, I have ideas, but in all seriousness, talk to, yeah, and confidence and courage. Uh, talking about Arsene Wenger, there did Wenger at Arsenal not do what Manchester United fans want? Did he not, whilst they couldn't spend any money, kept consistently getting him in the top four when they were still trying to pay off the Emirates? Maybe he's just got that now. It's about finishing in the top four, which is meant mainly what Manchester United need and want right now. On that, the top four then is different to trying to get into the top four now. Because then there was generally speaking, I know we flirted with it for a couple of years, but there was generally only four good sides. You didn't have a demonstrable big six. So once Man City got wedge and, and once Chelsea got a bit of wedge, it became a lot harder for Wenger and ultimately started to miss because... The top four, the big four of Liverpool, you know, uh, the Manchester United, Arsenal, ended up those clubs ended up becoming the big six because Tottenham got involved and Man City got involved, you know, the nouveau riche. Um, so and that was when he started to struggle. Hmm. I, I think I can see Wenger, and as, as mad as it sounds, if Solskjaer does end up going, I, and I don't think I think you know it could be like middle of the season or like Christmas around that period if they sack him. Mm. I think they'll want to do something that's a short term thing, and I can see him maybe coming until the end of the season. I, I can see I, I could, I could what, actually, the old Gus Hiddink, yeah, very much like that, exactly like that. And I can see him, you know, if United carry on as they are, or maybe not Wenger, but someone of a Wenger kind of figure, because he's not going to be a long term answer, is he? You know, he's like he's, he's getting kind, on, yeah. yeah, he's getting on a bit. You do, know, do you and, think the Manchester United fans would accept Arsene Wenger? As well? I think uh, if he got desperate would, enough, how yeah. would the Arsenal fans feel? Because you say about Manchester United fans, they've spent years ridiculing Arsene Wenger and Arsenal, haven't they? Jim? I'm telling you, if if things got desperate enough, 
I think people would be like, yeah, do you know what? It can't get any worse. If social, if they're eighth or ninth in the table at Christmas and they go, let's get Wenger in, we can play some exciting football because he will play good football. He always has done. And the Arsenal fans, well, are these the same Arsenal fans that treated Wenger really badly towards yeah, the end? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just mm. said give it gigs at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's focus on uh, Manchester United's rivals, Liverpool. Um, Liverpool beat MK Dons 2-0. Starts for Brewster, Hover and Elliot. Um, Liverpool's future starting in this game. Certainly um, a lot of faith from Jurgen Klopp, which is, can you argue, Phil? More that can be said for Manchester City, who seemingly only have Phil Foden. Eric Garcia and Taylor Harwood-Bellis have come into the squad because of defensive problems at Manchester City, and that's that's the long and short, long and short of it. So is that maybe a, where Liverpool are exceeding Manchester City in that department in trying to progress youth? No. I can make that really, really simple. Um, I think Manchester City have got exceptional youngsters. I think that they've just got a, a more a squad with more depth at the first team level, which means that there's less onus on them to play those kids because they've got to give game time to guys who sit on the bench on a Saturday. Liverpool have a slightly, slightly shallower squad depth. It's only slight, but it does afford them a little bit more freedom to play those kids. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it later on the show, but Chelsea's youngsters are being raved about. But the reality is, for the last four years, they've all been out on loan. I'd be able to see how many kids Man City have at uh, is it Gijon? Is that the uh, yeah yeah the club in Spain that that they have a great relationship with? <laughs> um, and and they seem to be more keen to follow that model and get these kids loaned out. Whereas Liverpool haven't really loaned that many of them out. I mean, I know Harry Wilson's at Bournemouth and stuff, but but generally speaking, I think Man City's youth is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, the do you thing think, is- I think it's a couple more years though before we're starting to see the likes more youth players coming through because I think Phil Foden is being touted as the replacement for David Silver. I think next season you will see Phil Foden play a hell of a lot more games for Manchester City. You- uh, what's the next off the production line? Who's coming through next? That's the thing. I, I like the the, the centre back they brought in. I thought, uh, I mean, let's be honest as well. Most of the time in in the Premier League in the last couple of years, the young players have played because of injuries. Look at Rashford at United. Yeah. Mm. He only got in because there was no one else. Well, Martial got injured in the warm-up in yeah. a game against Mitchelland, I think it yeah. was, in the in the Europa League. And then he came on, scored two goals. And so it was just a, a bit of luck. And there was a guy who was meant to be ahead of him. Is it um, uh, Ashley Fletcher, was it? He went to play for Middlesbrough. Uh, he on, yeah, he was at Sunderland as well. He was, yeah, he was on loan at the time. I think he was at... I can't remember who it was and at was the time. was it Will Keane as well, another striker they had at the time? Yeah, he's young, been about a bit. Young striker. And, and that, those ones were slightly older than Rashford and they're out on loan. So it meant like, oh, well... They would have played, but they're they're not here. So Rashford gets the nod, and obviously it took his chance. And it's the same with with you know with City now because we've got a big defensive you know injury crisis at the moment. It's going to be it's more out of necessity rather than a manager putting the belief in in youth. Sometimes I think United again no no options up front. Greenwood's going to be playing a lot more than he would have done if they still had Lukaku and Sanchez and whoever else. It's more now out of necessity than let's, people giving a chance. Frank. I think especially and Chelsea look yeah I was going to say that's band. exactly what I was going to talk about. Let's be frank, Chelsea wouldn't be playing all these youngins. If they didn't have a transfer ban, it's it's actually it, I think in the long term it won't be a bad thing for Chelsea because I, I think it's clear that Mount Abraham, yeah, Hudson and Doyle these lads are top top draw. Well, yeah. let's come on to Chelsea now because they beat Grimsby Town seven one and a big mention to the five thousand travelling Grimsby fans who on a Wednesday night made the trip down to Stamford Bridge, filled out the shed end, good for them. Um, but they lost seven one. Reese James, who was on loan at Wigan last season, was brilliant. He was the shining light. He's another Chelsea product, along with hudson Adoy, who returned from injury as well, scored a goal last night, seven goals for Chelsea. They do have some really promising, talented youngsters. And like you say, Manchester City loaning players out to a Spanish club. Chelsea have similar relationships with Vitesse Arnhem and clubs like that in the Netherlands. So it is a model which gets stick, but it, it oh. can be proved to be 
beneficial. Chelsea's model is beneficial on two counts. One, one, it's economically sound. So the lads who end up not necessarily making it, they go out on loan, they bolster the value, and you flog them. Um, but also, it's sound from a player development perspective um, because it means that these guys are coming back with experience. Mason Mount spent a year getting kicked in the championship yeah. at Derby, and that stood him in such good stead. He's not coming back as you know a player who, like a Foden, who's been largely insulated. Foden, I think Foden's a wonderful player, absolutely wonderful player, but he's been looked after so well his entire career so far. Comes on when they're winning, generally speaking. Looks brilliant. Looks brilliant. But he's never like had to do it like on a hot in a hard way, has he? He's never gone a bit on loan at fucking, I don't know, Macclesfield and yeah. had to really, really slum it. He's just a Ferrari you know football. This season I want to it's a good point that by by Phil there. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing him go to someone like a, a Derby County or one of those teams. I really think it'd have been nice to see that. Yeah, I I mean, but also as well, with City, we were talking about that. The Sancho effect in play a little bit because Sancho went. Do you know what? Actually, I'm really good, so I'm going to go and play somewhere else, and I'm going to make some of myself. And then in turn, you had Douglas Louise leave, who's gone to Villa, and he's playing first team football. You know, and and that's then led to the kid at Liverpool, the, the who mucked them about and went to Fiorentina. These these lads now aren't prepared to wait for first team football at big clubs. Mm. They said, you know what? We'll go somewhere else, and we'll get our value, get our money up, and then we'll go. Foden's like now almost the exception. Yeah, Hudson Odoi would have gone to Bayern Munich last year. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And look at Sancho now. You know what I mean? He's like, he's, the most, he's one of the most valuable players in the world. We probably could have ended up buying him back. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it's the, it's the whole thing of like not being you know have ended up. They know how good these players are, and they are talented, but they're not getting the chances. So you think to yourself, if I'm getting an offer from the German league, I'm going to go. Mm. Why not? Why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's the, it's the danger that clubs are going to fall into now. Is that I mean, and the weird thing is that you get like a you know someone like Sancho, and suddenly all the Premier League teams want want, want to buy him, and it's like, well, we had him. <laughs> it just it does hurt that. I mean, well, Chelsea know exactly how that feels with Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Oh my they, god. They, they, yeah, they, Kevin yeah, De Bruyne, Mo Salah. Yeah. 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 There's been a few howlers uh, at Chelsea down the years, of course, but winners seven one against Grimsby there through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. One team that aren't a West Ham United. And after this quick break, we're going to be talking to Football Social Daily's Jim Salverson, who is a West Ham fan, because uh, <laughs> he got a side got beat 4-0. Bring it um, on. Bring it on. Oxford United, the winners over West Ham. We'll be talking about that after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. If you've got an Amazon Alexa smart speaker, don't forget to ask Alexa to open Sports Social for Premier League match previews and match reports and daily news updates on your club. Go and check it out. But now we're going to speak to Football Social Daily's Jim Salverson, who is a West Ham United fan. And yesterday at 9.48am, when I was sick <laughs> as an absolute pig, having watched my team get beaten by our bitter rivals in the South Coast derby, he sent me a message saying... Hi, Niall. Want to do a quick call into the podcast to tell us all how good Southampton are. So I'm going to say, hi, Jim. Fancy doing a quick five-minute section on how good Oxford United are. So here he is. He's telling us how good Oxford are after beating West Ham United 4-0 in the Carabao Cup last night. Manuel Pellegrini's come out and taken all responsibility, Jim. You've been saying for the last two weeks, three weeks, that you want a cup run for West Ham. You feel it in your bones. Now's the time for West Ham to go and get some silverware under their belts. What happened? Well, first off... Oxford were good, so all credit to them because they played decent football last night and they didn't just they didn't just edge four 0 they deserved four 0 which was the really shocking thing about the loss last night. Do I agree with the way West Ham approached that game? No. Do I understand it? 
Kinda, yes, because there were 11 changes between, I think it was 11, between the team that beat Manchester United at the weekend and the team that played last night. But at the same time, Oxford made six changes. So you can't kind of go, well, it's all because of the changes, but it clearly shows where the club's priorities are this season. I don't agree with the club not being interested in the League Cup because as a fan, that is our most realistic chance of silverware, even if it's a small chance of silverware. And I'd love to see West Ham get to a final. I'd love to see West Ham get to a cup, but the league has to be the priority. And that clearly showed last night. Um, West Ham, uh, Zabaleta, Balbuena, Diop, Masuaku, Snodgrass, Noble came on, Wilshire started, Felipe Anderson came on, Fornells, Haller came on. It's a strong team. It's easily a team that should be good enough to beat <laughs> Oxford. How, how much did Fornells cost again? Twenty-five million. Now Fornells, I think there he's done one West, roulette there so were a far. Lot That's of all West he's done. Ham fans having a pop at Fornells last night, and he hasn't quite settled into Premier League football. He looked good in pre-season when we were playing European teams, but mm. since he's been in the Premier League, he hasn't quite cut it. There's flashes of decent football, but he hasn't adjusted to the you Premier could League yet. You buy the City of Oxford for the value of this team. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fornells will come good. Anderson, I can, I that's ninety million that. quid of subs. So what do you put it down to then, Jim? Is it is it genuinely Oxford finally getting revenge for you ruining Joey Busham's career? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why people are surprised by West Ham losing 4-0 to Oxford. In, I mean, we lost 5-0 to Nottingham Forest in the Cup two seasons ago. Last season, we lost 4-2 to AFC Wimbledon. This is just what West Ham but do. But West Ham are traditionally a good Cup no, side. No, we're not. You not think? No, we're we, not. Well, not, maybe not going back as far as the 70s we when you did win the FA Cup. Run to the court but I mean, the but, you know, but West Ham, what is it then? Pellegrini has to take responsibility. It means that just the players weren't up for it. They're thinking, our oh, Oxford will breeze through this. You I know, think it's exactly we that. Beat, we beat Manchester United 2-0 at the weekend. There we're going to breeze through past Oxford. I think it's exactly that. The players like, players like Diop, who were superb against Manchester United just weren't interested last night Balboa is don't know what's wrong with him this season I mean we bought him for 4 million last season everyone's going he's the bargain of the century he's worth 26 million or whatever now he looks every bit a 4 million pound player <laughs> in that defence Sanchez has been terrible for us maybe it's, maybe it's the curse of any player Sanchez <laughs> yeah. playing in the Premier League he's been ter- terrible this season and I think no one just looked particularly at the there should have been enough in that team to beat Oxford that is plain to see. But it happens. You move on. And I think it it kind of illustrates what I've been saying on the podcast in mm. that West Ham have this chance of finishing in the top six. But below that first 11, there is so little depth in that squad, like a jetty last night, who is this highly rated... New signing, yeah, new, Swiss striker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's supposed to be really good. He's looked terrible. The, the, he's only played twice, I think, for us, but he's looked terrible both times. Holland was the shining light last night, making his debut for West Ham. He looked keen, and he was the only player who actually looked interested on the pitch. So they, they, that was the very, very small positive that you can take from the result. OK, in that case then, let's open this up to everyone, because... Burton Albion beat Bournemouth 2-0 they beat them they now face Leicester in the next round but there was 28 minutes of time added on due to uh, <laughs> floodlight failure um, so almost called it off at one yeah. point um, why is the Carabao Cup so disregarded these days why is that because Adam will know as a Manchester City fan it's worked wonders for them in giving them a mid-season boost they seem to take it I seriously don't think it's a new so thing why, though, why, it? it's not but why ne- why is it happened why is it happening? Is it because Hang of the fire. money in the Premier League? What's going on? It's not just the Carabao Cup, mate. The FA Cup's completely disregarded by all Premier League teams until you get about the fifth mm. and sixth round. No, no, Is it because of the prize money? It's because of the prize money for the Premier League. It's too important as a business model 
for the vast majority of these clubs to be to remain a Premier League club. That that's the be all and end all of it. The only way you're going to change it is if you can maybe for the FA Cup make what the FA Cup when to get a Champions League place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that then, would, what, what is it? I think I think it's. Well, think it used it to be a Europa League around. place. Isn't yeah, it? they still get a Europa League place, but they, but <laughs> the thing about the Premier League side is they don't want to go in the Europa League mm. because there's not much money in it comparatively, and it's a logistical nightmare. Look at Wolves; they're yeah. playing on a Thursday night, and yeah, they get to play on a Sunday the next day, but it means that it, it totally hammers your training schedules. A couple of seasons ago, I think the prize fund per place in the Premier League was one point three million. So the difference between finishing 8th and 7th is 1.3 million. The prize for winning the FA Cup, again, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be half a million quid Yeah, a couple of seasons and back. That, and, it's like, and that's before you factor in the TV money as well. You for can the understand why yeah. people aren't particularly interested in it. For the fans, it's still quite important, particularly the FA Cup. But the League Cup just and, often and feels Man like City, a distraction. Man City have, we talked about this already, an enormous squad. So they can afford... like. To bring Mares off the bench. Oh, well, play him. Oh, he's only 65. I totally agree. That, but that's from a club perspective. And we're all football fans sat here. And you must be so annoyed about losing 4 0, as you would at any you team. Know what? I'm but, not but, that but why not, though? Because you it's wanna, the League Cup. But you want to win the, the cup. You'd, take, you'd snap someone's arm off to win that cup, Jim. But you'd snap their hand off. The Newcastle round, haven't won a, a, a major trophy since 1955. Matter. You'd be buzzing if they Hang won on. the League Cup. I think you're ignoring the Intertotal Cup. <laughs> I think you're ignoring. I think you're ignoring the, the word major. And we won the Intercity First Cup, which is the precursor oh, of Europe. Ma- those two major trophies. So that makes all the difference. But do you see what I'm is, saying? Yeah, no, of course I do. I've been flippant about your point, but yeah, I'd, I'd, <laughs> when England won the, you know, the semi-final World Cup last year, everyone's like, "Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if England won?" And my mate who's a Newcastle fan said. To be honest, I'd rather Newcastle won a throw-in than England won the World Cup. <laughs> and that's the depth of feeling up there. It, we're craving anything. Mm. If we won the League Cup, genuinely, the whole of Newcastle would grind to a halt. Yeah. The, the bars would be... We'd, we'd all be on the lash for four days. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, buzz- it'd it'd be, be insane. But, uh, uh, you know, the point about the squads, if, if, if Newcastle went all in and, you know... And what, went down. Exactly. So what happens then? Do yeah. you, you get relegated? Well, exactly. And... I mean, Wigan. Wigan never come back. <laughs> but don't get me wrong, I'd rather Newcastle won something and went down. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. But as a business person, I understand why it's not necessarily viable. To be fair to Bruce, he didn't play a shocking side in mm. our thing. He played the best probable side he could pick. Bear in mind, we had a load of injuries at the time. And we got Leicester at home, we went out on penalties. Leicester like, played their entire first team. Good Leicester team. And it was like, my reaction, score, fair enough. My emotion last night was seeing the result come in. I think we, we went 2-0 down and I thought that was over. And then I checked back a little bit later and it was 4-0. It was like, oh, your emotion was you turned your phone off? My, my emotion wasn't It wasn't anger. It was kind of, there was a little bit of disappointment. If it had been the quarters, yeah, maybe that's I would be more upset. That's when you get invested, isn't it? When you get to the, sort of the quarterfinal yeah. and you go, we're only two games from But my reaction this. was, I hope this doesn't impact the, success, the start we've had. I hope the momentum isn't disrupted by this game. That was, so again, my thoughts are more with the Premier League, League and the game against Bournemouth at the weekend than they are I with mean, the West League Ham. Cup. Surely you just protest against Sullivan and Gold because that's like what you do, isn't it? Oh yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> apparently in the Oxford United car park last night there were two massive Rolls Royces, uh, and you can see the car park from the stands because there's only three stands at the Sam Stadium in Oxford. And uh, apparently the Rolls Royces belonged to Messrs Sullivan and Gold, and they were so big they took up two spaces each. <laughs> so, which is ironic because I've, I've met David Sullivan and he's tiny. <laughs> 
could live in his Rolls Royce. I'm not even sure his feet could reach the pedals. For the first time in a long time, there's very little anger against Golden Sullivan. They've actually started to invest in the playing squad. They've got Pellegrini in there. Seems to be a bit of a plan for the future. The arguments about the stadium seem to be a little bit glossed over. It's feeling like home. They've done ridiculous things like made the green carpet around the edge of the pitch claret now. And everyone's going, oh, this is... Now it's West Ham Stadium. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the arguments against the owners is much less. And actually, I mean, is going out. This this result will be forgotten by the weekend. 100% will be forgotten. No one will care about it. Not by us. And just, just finally, the French have decided they're going to scrap their version of the League Cup. Should the FA follow suit and scrap the League Cup? No. I think there is still value in it and clubs do take it seriously. I think... There needs to be something done to make it feel more relevant and bigger than it is. And whether that's getting rid of stupid drawers in supermarkets that kind of make it a bit of a laughing stock. Maybe it's increasing the prize money. Maybe it's giving people a way into one of the big what, European competitions. What about, what about if you said that all the clubs who aren't in Europe don't enter it? Yeah. So then, like, goodbye Man City, goodbye Man United, goodbye Arsenal, goodbye Chelsea. And it becomes worth a Europe, Europa League place at like the first qualifying stage or something. But then as a Newcastle fan, I'm going, this is, this is the one. You've got yeah. a better well, chance. Well, this then, is the one. You? We care about yeah, yeah. this massively now. Well, this is how it works. It's split regionally, north and south, for the first two rounds. And then in the third round is when the teams that are in Europe come into the competition. Yeah. So, so actually those European teams do get a bye for the first yeah. two rounds. So just mm. not let them in. Just say, right, okay, you've got your Europe stuff. So it helps them. Because it allows them the opportunity to concentrate on Europe. So it helps English clubs in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it means that clubs like West Ham, Newcastle, uh, Watford, Burnley, whoever, are going, this is the one we target. This is the one we absolutely yeah. go at. Because I, th- I think you're right. The fear at the moment for clubs like West Ham and Leicester and Newcastle, are we don't want to go all in at the early stages because we know when we get to that quarter and when we get to that semi We're going to have to get past Man City. Well, yeah, anyway. we're going to play Man City and Liverpool and United who have been playing second string teams but still got through to these stages. Then they go... Now we're taking it seriously because once you get to the quarters and the semis, it is a bit of silverware. Mm. The thing is, it's just not got the prestige, has it? It's not got the prize so, money. Or so the, yeah, presti- so, the FA Cup has... I've so acknowledge that, that. Acknowledge that it hasn't got the prestige. Remove your European clubs and, and give it, give it like mm. I say, a Europa League winner spot at the end of the year. Or, or do you know what? Don't because no one wants to go in the Europa League anyway. But, <laughs> but give it something and say, right, this is the cup. That's it. Yeah. Non-European teams. You're kind of devaluing it a little bit more, but at the same time, devaluing making it. To value it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know exactly yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, it just came to me there. But Well, you say no one wants... I've uh, basically solved the, the League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say no one wants a Europa League spot. There will be a new UEFA Conference League coming up in the next few seasons or so. Don't know what that's all about. I'm sure we'll get into it at some point on Football Social Daily. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you very much, Adam. No Thank you very much, Phil. I've been Cheers. Niall. This has been Football Social Daily. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another show. And we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. 